Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. No icing for the first time in 39 years. The Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Your absence, the Boston Celtics are NBA champions once again. Play clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Alrighty, welcome to the NFL Wild Card Prediction Podcast. In case you can't watch the games this weekend, I know there's six of them. There's more wild card games than there's ever been in the history of the league. If you can't watch, don't worry. We're going to tell you what's going to happen. Uh, if you like to bet, you can be like Marty McFly and uh, put these bets in early. Act like you know what's happening in the future because we're never wrong. I'm joined by my good friend, Josh. Hey, Josh. Hey, hello again. Yes, you might remember him from the uh, NBA prediction podcast, which some of our predictions are actually looking pretty good. Some of them are looking pretty good. Some of them are absolutely terrible, but yeah, go on. Yeah, I think I think I picked Spencer Dinwiddie to be six man and he's out for the year. So, uh, hey, you know, he was playing good before. Anyways, we're not talking NBA. We're talking NFL. We've got, like I said, six games to talk about featuring some pretty interesting matchups. Others are going to be a bloodbath, and I think we'll we'll get into that. Um, but yeah, really glad to have Josh on the podcast. You can check him out at spicy underscore rights on Instagram. That's his poetry page. He's got a book out. It's called The Loudest Whisper. You can get that on Amazon. He's got another book on the way, he's telling me. So looking forward to that. We're going in to the NFL. For the first time, the Patriots aren't here. And I feel like we should just talk a little bit about that. You know, last year. You were at the game where Brady ultimately played his last game in a Patriots uniform. Now we're uh, we're just a bunch of bums on our couch watching the rest of the league have fun. Uh, how does that feel? I mean, I I feel like we as fans are really spoiled, and seeing our team not make the playoffs just automatically made everyone want to delete the entire team and start over. But we had one of the worst um, teams skill-wise, I think, almost in the league, um, maybe except like the Jaguars or the Jets. And we still had an okay record, which is impressive to me. And there's a lot of bright spots. Um, Our special teams is looking amazing as always. Um, Our running game is amazing, actually, considering. And... The quarterback position is definitely going to be a struggle, but there's definitely some options out there. Free agency, there's some in the draft, and um, the tight end situation is abysmal. But I think I think once we get over that, we'll start climbing back up. It's just the problem is we're now the Bills. We're basically the Bills at this point. We're fighting towards the, you know, the empire, 
you know, the, the Bills are this horrifying team just killing everybody. So we're going to have to fight for the fight for the top once again. Do you uh, do you feel like this playoffs? I mean, I know we are Patriots fans. There's no hiding that this is the 617 sports podcast. So obviously we're Patriots fans. But I, I always uh, would hear from friends and, and family who weren't Pats fans that we were always like the villains. And I, I know I embraced that. But do you feel like there's no like villain in the playoffs anymore? Like I'm looking at some of these games and, you know, uh, obviously there's a lot of good teams, there's a lot of talented teams, but there's like no like outstanding, like I can't wait to see that guy lose. And for everyone else in the country, it was the Patriots. Obviously we had a different uh opinion on that but i just feel like there's no like jarring like yeah everyone universally hates this team or like this player and i don't know is that is that did that kind of occur to you because i was looking and i was like i'd be happy if like you know any of these teams were to go on in into the playoffs maybe not the steelers but that's just my own personal um you know with the Patriots steelers but i don't think the country hates them i don't know like there's not a lot of like hateable teams that made the playoffs or really left in the league. Yeah. Well, all, well, our opinions as like pa- Patriots, obviously like I see the Ravens, it's like a big red flag, like, Oh, the Ravens, but I'm, I'm sure the league doesn't hate them as much as, um, as, as we do. So I I'd kind of count them out because people like Lamar Jackson um, Titans are kind of a underdog. We have a ton of underdogs. Um, the Browns are an underdog bears. Washington, they have a they have a tough road ahead of them. Uh, maybe the Steelers. I'd say the Steelers. If 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 there's any villain, it'd be the Steelers. But even that and Juju kind of... Juju's dancing, Juju Smith Schuster's dancing. You think people don't like that? You know, he's always like on the other team's logo to start the game, and he's always like dancing for TikTok. What a what a bum the that guy obviously is. Obviously, don't. <laughs> yeah, the players did. Cincinnati did not like that. Since he did not like that one bit, not um, at all. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's a lot of teams that I get like this, you know, visceral reaction to from like my Patriots fan point, you know, our, our fan standpoint, like obviously the Bills, you're right with the Steelers and the, and the Ravens. But like, I think universally, a lot of those teams are kind of beloved, especially like the Bills. And, and we're going to jump right into this first game. Um, just to highlight the AFC, uh, the number one seed goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. So they're not playing this weekend. Everyone else is. We're going to start with the Indianapolis Colts, who finished the season 11 and 5, visiting the Buffalo Bills, who were 13 and 3. This game currently is uh, favoring the Bills by six and a half points. Uh, this is the first game to start the weekend. It's 105 on Saturday. Josh, who do you got, Colts or Bills? I, I got the Bills. And I, I think. That's a pretty logical answer. I would love the Colts to win because obviously I don't really want our division rival to win, um, even though they're kind of starting to be beloved in the league. But the Colts have an interesting team. They got Phillip Rivers, who's kind of trying to make a comeback off of a cursed Chargers team. You got this rookie running back who's amazing. You got um, a defense that's starting to come into its own. But the Bills are just overwhelming. They're an overwhelming team this year. They're Defense is amazing. Josh Allen's like having like an MVP season. Um, they're just an amazing team. And I think they're just going to overwhelm the Colts as much as I want the Colts to. And I think the Bills are going to take them maybe by at least 15 points or more. Yeah. 
I'm right there with you. This, this isn't going to be any hot takes. I'm going Buffalo as well. Uh, For a lot of the reasons you said the bills put up points like in a scary way. Uh, They on their average for points four was 31.3 in the season. That's good for second in the league. And their passing totals were 288 a game. That's third in the league. I mean, they had the number one leading receiver in uh, Stefan Diggs. That trade from Minnesota, I mean, how, like what could be more perfect for a young Josh Allen who's been kind of struggling to just get this elite route runner who's got phenomenal hands? And look, he wanted to win. Josh Allen uh, obviously you know, had a difficult time his first two years. There was a lot of memes about him. But the Bills pour it on. They've outscored their last three opponents by an average of 26 points. I mean, they're killing teams. It's not even close. Uh, and to be honest with you, I think there's so much more, you know, Bills mafia. You know, they're hungry to even just be in the playoffs. I know they made it a couple years ago in that horrible game versus the Jaguars. I don't even know. Uh you know, that was probably one of the worst playoff games of all time, but they're a very different team than, you know, what they were even, you know, four, four, four or five years ago. This is their first home playoff game since 1996. And uh, the city or the, the state of New York is actually letting 6,000 fans into Orchard Park to watch the Bills play. I think it's going to even that few fans, the place is going to be roaring. Everyone's so excited. I mean, the Bills, the Bills are a wagon. Oh, definitely. That that Stefan Diggs uh, trade was insane on its own. But um, there was an interview with Stefan Diggs, and he was saying how immature he was uh, on the Vikings. But now that he's on this different team that seems to have this different agenda, he now feels like a veteran. And that mindset alone is going to make him better. He, he connects with Josh Allen, obviously, because they're just gunning it against these teams. And um, that team is just destroying everybody. They they almost went undefeated. They had that loss against Arizona that they should have won, but DeAndre Hopkins is DeAndre Hopkins. But they're 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 surging to this this playoff. I definitely agree with you. And their fans are crazy to begin with. Six thousand is probably enough. <laughs> I know. And uh, one thing that really opened my eyes. I mean, obviously. You know, there's there's the jokes about the Bills, you know, four straight Super Bowls and they lost them all and blah, 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 especially as Patriots fans. You know, Tom Brady has more wins in uh, the Buffalo Stadium than any other Buffalo's quarterback. Like, There's so many jokes that we've made over the years. Uh, that's over with now. They're legit. And I want to just highlight, you know, obviously uh, they they beat us uh, just two weeks ago in primetime, uh, 38 to nine it was an awful game but the Patriots suck so we don't even need to go over that but what really caught my eye was this week 17 game that they played just a couple days ago they were hosting the Miami Dolphins and Miami if Miami won the game they were in the playoffs so Miami was playing for its season like very much you know everything on the line whereas the Bills had already locked up the AFC East it was really just kind of about seeding like who was going to be you know, uh, the second seed or the third seed between them and uh, Pittsburgh. And there wasn't much to play for, for Buffalo. And the Buffalo Bills put up 56 points on a team that is desperate to win that game. 
the Bills don't care, right? I already said they don't care about the game. It's not really important. Miami, it's like their whole season rests on this game, and they beat them by 30. Like, it just, I was really, you know, looking at this game, and I was like, man, like, these guys can put up 56 in a game they don't even care about. You know, it's not like it was some throwaway game against the Jets. Miami needed to win and got absolutely blasted. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Like, putting putting a ton of points on us is, like, pretty um, expect, expected. I was, I was expecting us to lose, and I, everyone in my family was kind of walking in to watch the game. It was kind of all solemn because we knew we were going to lose, but not not to that extent and Miami's better than us they're a great team and they're they're hungry as well and they just deflated them beyond belief I I've never seen a team in our division like that before in our in my lifetime yeah no the the bills are scary and just to give the Colts some love because you know I want to want to make sure we talk about both teams I'll, I'll give the Colts credit they're very well-balanced on offense. We know Phillip Rivers is past the hump. He's on the back nine. This could actually be his last year. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, You know, they've got guys like T.Y. Hilton who are like steady, but they've kind of also, you know, they're up there in age and they got a really balanced offense. They were the number 11th ranked pass often the number 11th ranked run offense so they're just balanced they can do it on the ground they can do it through the air and i think you know in a game against buffalo where you might be down you know a couple scores early you're going to need that pass attack and you know at least for them they're at least somewhat balanced i, I will get into like you know baltimore a little late a little later but baltimore worries me where like they're a team that is so dependent on the run that if they start to lose uh, by a couple scores it's like they they can't their offense just you know uh, evaporates. So I, I do like the balanced attack from the Colts. However, you know everything that uh, we've been saying about Buffalo, you know, look, the Buffalo Bills are absolutely nasty. And is it bad to kind of like them? Like I know they're in our division. I know we're supposed to hate them, but they're really not hateable. There's no divas on the team. There's no like pretty boys or anything like that. They're just they show up. They beat your face in for 60 minutes and then, you know, they go home and do it again next week. Like there's no drama with them. They're just a phenomenal team. And, you know, in today's world, we don't see that all the time. So it's refreshing, I guess. I don't know. It feels weird to like the bills. I don't know. I feel weird about it. I mean, they're always like, if I had to like a team in my division, it would definitely not be Miami and it would definitely not be the Jets. So, I mean, that kind of leaves the bills. So I guess I agree with you on that. Yeah. Well, we're going to jump in now because there's, like I said, there's six games. Uh, We're going to go to the 11 and five Cleveland Browns at the 12 and four Pittsburgh Steelers. These teams obviously are in the AFC North. They've played each other twice this year and they split the regular season matchup one and one apiece. Uh, Josh, who do you like Cleveland traveling to Pittsburgh? I got I got the Steelers. I, I want to pick the Browns, but I, I have to choose the Steelers. They didn't even start like a ton of players and now they almost beat the Browns and then now they're coming back with fresh starters. I, I think they're gonna overwhelm the Browns. It might still be a close game, but 
um, the Browns lost uh, Olivier Vernon um, for the rest of the playoffs, and he's huge in their pass rush. Even though they have amazing players like Miles Garrett, they have a great pass rush, but he's a huge part of that pass rush, and he's not there, and they need to get pressure on Ben Roethlisberger. He doesn't really roll out of the pocket too much anymore. He kind of stays in there. Um, so they, they need all the help they can get. And, and without him, that's, that's a huge blow. Yeah. Pittsburgh is favored in this game by three and a half points. Um, do you see it going more or less than that? I think that's pretty accurate. I would say. Yeah. I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to pick Cleveland in this game. And, uh, that's, like 99% of it is me just wanting to see Cleveland win. Uh, and that's 1% of me. That's going to look at this somewhat analytically. Um, but I do want to touch on just the fact that, uh, what you said really kind of concerns me about Cleveland. And again, similar to Miami, right? It was a must win game for Miami to make the playoffs, same scenario for Cleveland. And they were playing a, a Pittsburgh Steelers team that didn't start Ben Roethlisberger didn't start like half of the defense and the Pittsburgh Steelers only lost by two points. So Cleveland's trying to make the playoffs at home for the first time in 18 years. And Pittsburgh rolls out with like their practice squad. And it's only a two point victory for, for Cleveland. That concerns me. Um, If Cleveland blew them out of the water, I'd feel so much better about my decision, but Pittsburgh hasn't been very good. They started the season 11 and 0. Uh, everyone, including the 72 Dolphins, were rooting for them to lose at least one game because I don't like seeing anyone go undefeated. But Pittsburgh finished the season one and four. And those losses were to obviously the Browns last week, which we know was they didn't start half their players, but they lost to the Washington football team. They lost to the Cincinnati Bengals without Joe Burrow and then the Buffalo Bills. So I understand the Bills blowing them out, but still they lost to uh, teams they should have beat at least you know half of those games. And in the last six weeks, only one time have they scored more than 25 points in a game. Their offense is kind of slowing down when they actually should be turning it up. Uh, and I think that could be, again, some of the teams they played were you know, great defenses. We know what the Washington can do on defense. Um, but that concerns me. Ben Roethlisberger's age, you know, they do not have a run game whatsoever, especially um, in the last part of the season here. Their rushing yards per game is 84.4. That's worst in the league. So uh, I'm definitely concerned about their offense. And I think Cleveland's hungry to win, similar to Buffalo, right? They've never been here before. And, um, there's just some concerns with how the Steelers have been playing down the stretch. I don't know. Do you think I'm crazy for going with the, with the Browns Vegas only has it at three and a half points. That's not too crazy. Well, I said it was going to be close. Like I could definitely see that happening, but no matter how the Steelers offense does Pittsburgh Steelers have the third best offense in the league. You know, they have a great team uh, on, on defense and, and, Defense can definitely win games with a Browns team that their quarterback, I would argue, is really inconsistent. Ben Roethlisberger, he's obviously a bit washed, but he kind of puts out the same, uh, the same yards and 
same amount of, of throws each game. And he has wide receivers that make him look like an all-star. So I, I think the Browns have a chance, you know, they're, they're a great team. I just don't know if they can really take on a Steelers team that has coaches that have had playoff experience. The Browns, they don't have that playoff experience. We have never seen Baker Mayfield take, you know, take the field um, against like big opponents in the postseason. How how are we supposed to gauge that? So we we'll we'll see. You know, we'll see. Yeah, I, I just with part of with Cleveland is it's kind of surprising that they're doing this without Odell. You know, I thought when he went down with his torn ACL that you know their season was over, they were gonna fall apart. And to be honest with you, that's kind of like unlocked their offense. He's a guy that I definitely see being on the move next year because um their agency without him, you know, they're now able to, excuse me, rely so much on their defense. I mean, not the defense on the running attack and just wear these defenses out. Nick Chubb uh, had over a thousand yards on the ground this year. And then Kareem hunt had over 800 yards and he also had 300 yards to go with that receiving. So they've got two running backs that have been responsible for over a thousand yards a piece, not to mention Jarvis Landry right up there in receiving yards. He had 800, uh, Uh, over 800 and I really just I think they've got a balanced running attack that Baker Mayfield can make the right read when he absolutely has to is is he the most electrifying guy no I don't think he was really worth the number one overall pick Uh, he's not playing like it but he's not you know losing them games you know his interceptions were so down this year he only threw eight interceptions that's you know half interception a week and his completion percentage was right around 63, which isn't great, but that's, you know, again, still for a guy that's not throwing the ball all that much. I really like what the, what the Browns do offensively. And if they can get an early lead, they can control the game with that two headed monster in the backfield. Uh, They'll slow the pace down, but Pittsburgh's defense, really, really good. TJ Watt. We know he's an animal. And I think if Bud Dupree was still playing, you know, their, their other uh, pass rusher on defense, Pittsburgh would be by and far uh, the the best team, probably even in the in the AFC, right up there with Kansas City. But their pass rush did take a little bit of a hit. Their offense has slowed down in the last you know five to six weeks. Makes me worried. Also, I just cannot stand them, so I'm going to go with my Cleveland Browns. I got a Josh Gordon jersey, like you know, seven years ago, whatever. Uh, I've been a closeted Cleveland Browns fan for some time now. And it's just good to see them in the playoffs because they can only be the uh, butt end of the joke, you know, so, so many times before you just kind of start to feel bad for them. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I'm a but huge we're gonna... fan of, oh, go ahead. No, no, keep going. No, keep going. Keep going. I was just going to say, well, I'm a like Blake Bortles fan, but he's not going to win the Super Bowl <laughs> just because I want him to. <laughs> hey, maybe we don't know. Right. Maybe he's on the Rams. Maybe, uh, Jared Goff's injury is a little worse than we think it is, and the old Blake Bortles will get out there. Maybe. And uh, we'll wrap up the AFC here with the Baltimore Ravens, 11-5, and five, visiting, also 11-5, and five, Tennessee Titans. This is a, a rematch of the divisional round last year, which the Titans won 28-12. It's also a rematch of a game earlier this season in which the Titans won 
30 to 24. That was an overtime game. Ultimately won with a King Henry touchdown run. Uh, Josh, Ravens going to Nashville, Tennessee. Who do you got? Well, again, this is probably the toughest game I had to choose. Definitely the toughest game. I, I went with the Titans just because uh, I remember that when we played the Ravens, uh, when they came to us and we beat them, we ran them into the ground. We just ran all over them. And we don't have Derrick Henry. Now, Derrick Henry is a monster. He's going to run all over any defense, really. Uh, and Tannehill's just running those read options where everyone just sends in like eight guys to stop Derrick Henry. He just rolls right out of the pocket, gets 10 yards, gets the touchdown on the goal line. And that's an unstoppable offense. It's been one of the top offenses this year. Uh, the Ravens, people are saying they got momentum, but look at the p- opponents that they were playing, getting that momentum. It's been trash teams, the Jags, you know, the Giants, the Bengals. But those are terrible teams. And not to, not to, sug- I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like those are terrible teams. And I'm a Jags fan. I, you know, terrible teams. And the Ravens, they just don't seem like they have it this year. Lamar Jackson slowing down. Everyone realizes, oh, he can run and he, you know he's had some great games but i think people are learning how to stop that and tennessee has actually a really good defense and i i think they can do it again and they're at home i mean i i think they they definitely have the advantage here yeah it, it's interesting because vegas is favoring the baltimore ravens despite being the road team and, and being the team that um you know, ultimately didn't win their own division. Uh, they've got them by four and a half. That's not a small margin. You know, that's um, that, especially for a road team to, to come in as four and a half point favorites. That's I think being a little recency bias, which is exactly what you said. You know, we know the Ravens are on this five game win streak to end the season. Um, they were six and, or they were, uh, I forget exactly what their record was, but they've won five straight after Lamar had COVID. And, you know, I, I understand you're right. The opponents weren't very good. And I'm just more concerned about what Lamar Jackson is going to look like in the playoffs, because this is a narrative that's starting, you know, his, his MVP season where he went off last year, uh, ultimately he lost to the Titans. Uh, but I think the roles uh, are sort of reversed where the Ravens were always the team that you would expect to uh, elevate their play in the playoffs. We know, sadly, as Patriots fans, just how scary the, the, the Baltimore Ravens were in the playoffs. Joe Flacco would go from being, you know, a bum to like Super Bowl MVP. And, you know, there was literally no other team in the NFL you wanted to play other than the Ravens. They, they scared the crap out of you. And it seems like that's sort of the that's flipped where now, like in the regular season, the Ravens could easily wipe the floor with you. You get him in the playoffs and all of a sudden Lamar Jackson starts to look, you know, a lot more human in in his playoff career. He's got a a touchdown to interception ratio of three to three. So he's just he's, he's more likely to or he's just as likely to turn the ball over as he is to score a touchdown. His completion percentage is really only around. 50%. And, you know, what's interesting is last year when he played the uh, Tennessee Titans in the playoffs, 
he threw for over 360 yards and ran for over 150 yards. How many points do you think they scored in that game? Knowing that he actually had a very good stat wise, he had a very good game. What do you think? What do you think the Ravens put up for points in that playoff game last year? I don't know, like 14, 12. Oh, jeez. So he can go. So Lamar can go off for 360 on the in the air and 150 on the ground, and his team is only going to score 12 points. So I'm very worried about Baltimore. Uh, I just don't think that he's ultimately going to be a, a guy that again excels in the playoffs and this is do or die for him if he has another bad performance then the narrative will already be you know etched in stone that this guy just chokes we we say it about philip rivers you know, peyton manning for a long time um, obviously we know dan marino like guys sort of just get this narrative written about them we're like oh this guy sucks in the playoffs and Lamar is very close to having that happen for him. And when they played this year, just to highlight, you know, we do have an actual game that they played against each other in 2020. Lamar Jackson only had 186 yards and 51 rushing yards. So 186 in the air, only 51 on the ground. And uh, that's not going to get it done. But we've seen he can lose to the Titans throwing for 360. He'll also lose if he only throws for 180. So I'm, I'm worried about Baltimore. You know, there, there should be a better team. They have a league MVP on the roster and they just can't get it together when it matters most. I mean, they, I, I, I brought it up earlier, but I mean, they lost to us and we we're basically like the, uh, like a terrible version of the Titans. Like we have, we have the sim, a similar, um, ground and pound mentality because our quarterback couldn't throw past like the 30 yard line. But anyway, I Tannehill is a much better quarterback than Cam Newton was. They couldn't handle Cam Newton. Derrick Henry is so much better than any of the running backs that we have, but we still ran all over them. And the Ravens are so injury riddled this year. They have a lot of players that made their defense great who are just struggling with injuries. They're limping into this playoffs and I know that offense is pretty is, is known to being pretty uh, pretty good against a lot of teams, but they were kind of the middle of the pack this year for like total offensive stats. They're they're right in the middle, and you know Tennessee is was like third behind KC and, and Buffalo, so their defense is lackluster because of all the injuries, and their offense is middle of the pack. So. I, I don't see them like turning it on in, in the playoffs if they can't even handle the regular season. Yeah, I, I'm looking at their, um, you know, I'm looking at the Patriots. You bring up the fact that we beat them. And I was going to say, if you got beat by the Patriots in 2020, you don't deserve to make the playoffs. And that's, it's funny, but it also isn't. Think about this. The Arizona Cardinals lost to the Patriots. Did they make the playoffs? Nope. What was that? No. Nope. Okay. The Miami <laughs> Dolphins, they lost to the Patriots in week one. Did they make the playoffs? Nope. Okay. The Oakland Raiders, oh, sorry, Las Vegas Raiders, uh, lost to the Patriots this year. Did they make the playoffs? They should have, but nope. No. So there's all of the teams that were like fringe playoff teams. If you lost to the Patriots, you didn't make it. And the rate and the Ravens, they lost to the Patriots. I think, you know, they're very susceptible to losing games that they should win. And to be honest with you, I'm floored 
that they're favored in this game. I don't understand why, especially by four and a half. I mean, that's a lot. Um, and to me, they're the team that um, uh, I, I just don't see it with them. I, I might feel so confident about this Titans pick. It might be like if I had to pick a lock, obviously I'd go Buffalo. But uh, the Titans, man, I don't see Baltimore coming in. I mean, you're right. The last five games, I pulled it up. They, they beat the Cowboys, who suck. They beat the Browns, which that was a big game. But um, ultimately, you know, Cleveland is – you know, 11 and five, they're a playoff team. I'll give them that one. But then you're right, Jags, Giants, Bengals. So how good are these wins when you're beating up on teams that like combined don't even have 10 wins on the season? Like <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me. So I'm absolutely uh, going with Tennessee. Uh, I think it's disrespectful that they're a home underdog. So that's it for the AFC. Like I said, Kansas City gets to sit on the couch and watch while everyone else battles it out. So we're going to go over to the NFC where the games are probably not as interesting. I do think that there's some um, teams here that don't deserve to make the playoffs. And we can talk about exactly what that means uh, for the league going forward. But Chicago Bears who uh, did not, they needed to, they needed to beat the, uh, <laughs> it was funny, they needed to beat Green Bay to make the playoffs. They got slapped around by Aaron Rodgers, but because Arizona lost, they still like won the playoffs. So like, how do you celebrate as a player? You're like, yes, we're making the playoffs, but we just got our, you know, we just got smacked around. Kind of a weird vibe, but they're eight and eight on the season. They're traveling to the New Orleans Saints, who are 13 and three. This is a rematch of a game that occurred earlier this season, which the Saints won by a field goal in overtime. So everyone who thinks this game is going to be a blowout, it was a three-point over in the regular season. I don't know if that sways you at all, Josh. Bears at Saints, what do you got? I got Saints. Every Everyone wants the Bears. And, I, I mean, they're an underdog, and everyone wants the underdog, but – they, they just don't have it. Like the entire year, it, it's been their defense making stops and their offense just going inch by inch towards the end zone and hoping that they can win like 14 to seven. Like they, they can't put up points. Uh, Robinson's insane. He's awesome. But he's him and Montgomery are the only people on this team that really make a huge difference. And I, I don't think that's enough. This, this Saints team just like past years have been gunning every time. And they, they gun down the field. They put up 30 points a game. And this Bears team is probably one of the least likely teams to compete with that. They, their offense is just so inconsistent. And they don't really have the playmakers to make those plays to uh, beat the Saints team, at least offensively. And Saints defense is pretty decent too and Kamara should be coming back for that game and Kamara is absolutely insane so I, I don't see them getting by the Saints and I'm not really sure why they're even there because they, they look terrible this year but people people want them to win so they, they can have their own opinions but I think we have to you know face the music here the Saints are going to beat them 
Yeah, the Saints come into this game as eight and a half point favorites. That is the largest favorite in any wild card game this weekend. Uh, and for good reason, the Bears suck. There's not a single category uh, from passing yards per game, rushing yards per game, points for per game, or points against per game. Not a single one of those. So that's that's measuring offense, defense, passing, running, anything. There's not a single category that they are in the top half of the league in. And, uh, you know, their their offense is, like, I don't even understand. You're, you're oscillating between Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky throughout the season, just going back and forth with those guys. And, uh, you know, for everything that Nick Foles was in Philly, you got to remember this guy is a career journeyman who, you know, caught lightning in a bottle with Philly. I don't think he's very good. So you go to Mitch Trubisky, who's the worst thing in the last 15 years. I mean, this guy was taken before Mahomes. <laughs> and he's horrible. I will say this, though. That that game in which the Saints only won by a field goal that happened earlier this season, Alvin Kamara was held to 67 yards on the ground and 96 yards through the air. Uh, that That obviously, you know, he combined for 150 yards. But that's actually keeping him contained. You know what I mean? That's probably one of his worst games all season. And Nick Foles started that game. He only threw for 272 yards. So given the fact that, you know, the Bears have been able to stop Kamara in the past, they've obviously moved on from Nick Foles, who who was the leader for the team in that specific week. I don't know how to feel, you know, exactly where we are we know drew Brees is not 100 percent healthy he has all those cracked ribs your body you know at at his age you just don't bounce back from that in, in two or three weeks but the bears are so bad like they're so bad i have i, I just it's, it's a shame that this is going to be on tv like this is just like I, I i'm trying to find a stat that can make me go for the for the bears and there isn't one they're just putrid and uh, as an eight and eight team that didn't even win their own division, they don't even win the final game of the season that has to get them into the playoffs. They don't deserve to be here. And, you know, New Orleans is going to wax them. Uh, eight and a half points. I would smash the over. I would go with, you know, at least a 14 point win for, for the Saints. There's nothing I can say. Drew Brees could, you could start Taysom Hill and the Saints would win this game. Totally. I, it, it really, I think it's almost disrespectful that they're here. There's, I, I feel like there's other teams that, that could like make their way and probably also lose the saints. But I, I think that's the bears are losing this game in this sense. I think other teams saints are winning this game, but bears are losing this game and, and they're going to be fighting themselves mostly. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I know that, um, the the bears were the final team so like in any other non-covid year right the bears don't make the playoffs because there's only six teams that make the playoffs for each conference and the uh the new orleans saints would be on a bye week because they're the number two seed right every other season that would be the case so i wonder it's like is this game really worth it for the NFL, because we know they extended it. I think that is here to stay with the collective bargaining agreement. I'm not exactly sure post COVID what it will look like, but this is that, you know, seven versus two game that's never existed. 
do you even think it's good for the sport or do you think it's better to sort of have top two teams get a bye week crap team making the playoffs just to waste your time on a Sunday? Uh, you know, do you think it's worth having this game? Because in the other conference, the game that got added is Buffalo Indy, something we also just see being an absolute bloodbath, uh, given how talented Buffalo is. You know, do you, do you think that that adding this extra week was really worth it? Because it's giving a team like the Bears a, a playoff game, which I'd argue they didn't deserve. I think the worst thing about this is that this game is on Nickelodeon because this is going to be one of the most violent losses I have, we might ever see. And I think we shouldn't have kids be able to see that. So I, I but in all seriousness, in all seriousness, I, I just don't think this should be a game. And I think the Saints, this is just a warm up for the Saints. I honestly, uh, yeah, the Nickelodeon thing, I wanted to touch on that. We'll, we'll get to it now because you brought it up. Whose idea was that? Like, like <laughs> I got to tune into Nickelodeon to watch an NFL game. Like, what are the commercials? They gonna bl- are they going to be Bud Light ads and stuff during the game? Because, like, that's... 90% of what you see when you watch a normal NFL game, or am I going to be sitting there watching like a lucky charms commercial or like some Nerf gun? Like what are the advertisements going to be for this game? It's going to be like, you know, I just don't understand. I, I almost wish maybe I will tune into Nickelodeon uh, just to see how are they like advertising this to the children that are just there to watch SpongeBob. They're like, you know, Sunday, four o'clock, the Chicago Bears take on the New Orleans Saints. Now back to iCarly. Like, what is the like, <laughs> what is the play here? <laughs> this is, I mean, are they going to like, you know, pour slime, like that green slime all over Drew Brees for like the MVP of the game? And he's just like, it's pathetic. I, I hate every, every, I, like, I hate when Amazon Prime has like the first two Thursday night football games of the year. This is worse than that. I mean, this is a children's television channel that I don't even know what it is on my TV. I'm going to have to go find it. And uh, that's where I'm going to be enjoying my NFL uh, Sunday <laughs> playoff game. But yeah, to, to get to it, I also just think it's, it's an injury risk for New Orleans. You're playing a team that doesn't belong to be here. And every other year, you'd be getting that much-needed bye week. We know how important... To, uh, to the Patriots dynasty that bye week was. I mean, it was like you either get the bye week or we don't like you don't win the Super Bowl. Uh, it seemed like what it was here with Tom. And so I think you're punishing teams like New Orleans and Buffalo because they're, you know, sadly playing in these in these games. You know, if if Josh Allen tears his ACL, which, you know, knock on wood, I hope that doesn't happen but if, if if a significant injury happens to a good player when it, it's a game that was never supposed to be played um you know i, I just uh, i'll have a really bad taste in my mouth but yeah this is uh this is not going to be it's going to be you know nc17 what's going to happen to the bears on sunday so putting that on nickelodeon interesting choice uh, i do wonder what the tv ratings will be like i wonder if people won't care um, especially like trying to find it on the TV. They'll go to Fox, they'll go to CBS and be like, oh, I guess there's no game on right now. And it's like, nah, it's on Nickelodeon. Um, 
all right, done with that game. We spent too long on a game that's going to be decided by two touchdowns. So let's go to the Los Angeles Rams, who finished the season 10-6, and six, traveling to CenturyLink Field. They're playing Seattle, who finished the season 12-4. and four. Josh, Rams at Seahawks. Who do you got? Well, I, I have the Seahawks just because I even though the Rams have like the best defense in the league, uh, they can only hold off the Seahawks for so long. That offense is, is not going to get it done. I really believe that it won't. And I'm, I'm almost infuriated by it. Uh, the Rams should never have let Todd Gurley walk. They would have a contending team probably if they did. And now he's running away in Atlanta and we get these decent running backs, but they're, they're not impact players like that. There's no way. And Seattle's defense, which used to be absolutely terrible is I, I, I believe is, is somewhat improving. Um, They're, they're stopping to stopping teams under, um, under like 20 points or so. And like in the middle of the year, they, they couldn't stop anybody on defense and Russell Wilson had to put on the backpack. But I think now their defense is kind of coming into its own a little bit. I'm not saying that they're, they're the Rams defense. They're far from it. But I think if they stop an inexperienced quarterback a few times, Seattle's yeah, just going to run away with it. And Russell Wilson's excellent this year. So I, I unfortunately have to pick the Seahawks. Yeah, this is um, the second divisional matchup that we're getting this weekend. We obviously know that the uh, that the uh, God, I'm blanking on it. Browns and Steelers are in the AFC North. This is an NFC West matchup, and uh, it was split one to one in the regular season. However, I do find it interesting how after smacking around the Patriots twenty four to three on Thursday night, the Rams have limped into the playoffs, they lost to the Jets 23-20 at home. They lose to Seattle, who they're obviously playing this weekend, 20-9. Quarterback breaks his thumb. He needs surgery, and they win. I'll give it to him. It was a must-win game against Arizona. Their their backup, who's like never played in the NFL or, or whatever, had very few starts, uh, gets the W, but that was against uh, – an Arizona team that drove down the field, put up a quick seven points on you. And then Kyler Murray like broke his ankle or something and he was done for the game. So they had to put in their backup. So it was a battle of the backups and you got the best of them, but I do not like how they entered the playoffs. Uh, losing to the jets should automatically just like disqualify you. However, the Browns lost to the jets. So I'm not going to play that card because I picked the Browns <laughs> to win. Uh, but I will say that the, the, the offense is what's kind of concerning because uh, although you, you hit on the Todd Gurley, I can understand not wanting to pay that much money to a running back. And I can at least say their, their run hasn't been terrible. They're a top 10 in the league and running. They average 126. I mean, uh, yeah, 126 yards a game rushing. So, you know, I think he's a name that people kind of cling on to, but I sort of worry about what are they going to look like with Jared Goff, either not playing or throwing with a broken thumb Cooper cup. They're like, you know, leading wide receiver hasn't played uh, in a couple weeks and due to injury. 
And he's a guy that, you know, usually you can expect him to be the, the safety blanket for uh, playing an ad on my computer. Sorry. Uh, he, he's a guy that is usually the, the go-to and he hasn't really been himself this year. I was a fantasy football owner of Cooper cup and he let me down week after week. <laughs> Not to mention what you said about Seattle is completely true. They're a team that's trending in the right direction uh, on both sides of the ball here. I mean, when you go back and look at how they started the season, I mean, they were letting up 30 to 40 points against everybody. Even the Patriots put up 35, but you start to look at what they've been able to do the last couple weeks, nine points against the, uh, the Rams, only 15 against Washington, three points against the jets, 12 points or 17 points rather against the giants. They've been able to hold teams to under 20 points you know, like seven of the last eight weeks of the season. And that's, again, no uh, small feat. So they're definitely trending in the right direction. Russell Wilson, he's still Russell Wilson. I know he didn't have a great season. I also had him in fantasy football, so I got to sit down and watch him. Every- I actually had three guys on Seattle. I had Wilson, Metcalf, and Chris Carson. So I was just like locked into Seattle games every weekend. And I'm not going to pick against Russell Wilson when the other team's quarterback has a broken thumb. Also, DK Metcalf is a beast. He has, you know, 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. And, you know, their defense, for how bad they were to start the season, they allowed 23.2 points a game. That's actually not as high as I thought it was going to be. So that just goes to show that they righted the ship. Pete Carroll, phenomenal head coach. Los Angeles' defense is scary. We saw what they did to New England. We know what uh, guys like Jalen Ramsey and um, their, their Aaron Donald, their big uh, run stuffer slash, I mean, what a player he is. He can stuff the run as a defensive tackle, but he gets after the quarterback. I mean, just phenomenal. It's just it's the Rams' offense. I mean, this could be a, a nine to three game. Like, this could be very low scoring, but I just think Russell Wilson's going to get it done when they need it the most. And it'll be interesting to see how Jalen Ramsey and DK Metcalf go at each other. But yeah, this is, uh, this is going to be interesting. Like I said, Seattle uh, is, is favorited in this game by, I believe, only three and a half. So it's not like you know they're getting uh, a ton of points. It's basically a toss-up. But I think, I think the key is going to be, does Jared Goff play? Does Cooper Cup play? What do they look like? I mean... You, you were saying like the Rams have like a good, like they have a good running game and like, I'd agree with that, but I think that's all, that's almost more playbook. Like there was the Cowboys. I don't know if you remember when they had like Darren McFadden, like a long time ago where their line was just amazing and it made every running back look like a star. And I, th- I think here, you know, Rams have a decent line. They got a great uh, playbook, but I, I don't, I don't think that will get it done against Seattle I, I just don't you can you can try to hide that quarterback but when he has to make that big play who knows if he will Russell Wilson I think he has a better resume to make that throw and uh, he definitely has wide receivers that are I, I'd argue are a lot better than the Rams wide receivers even though I mean the Rams have decent role playing wide receivers but DK Metcalf is awesome and 
if you're taking DK Metcalf way with Jalen Ramsey, which is totally possible, Lockett is exceptional as well. Like, who's going to cover him? I, I don't know. So I, I still think Seattle's going to come on top. I totally agree with you on that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely um, – yeah, I, I just think Seattle, you're right. They they've they've got great weapons. And like I still just trust Russell Wilson. I trust him, I guess I would say. I would give him the keys to my franchise and say, look, we're gonna go wherever you take us. And he's a guy that was, you know, two yards away from being a back-to-back, you know, NFL champ. And I think the the Rams have a great defense, but we've seen Seattle have success against them. Again, just doing enough to win the game. We saw it literally two weeks ago. So that'll take us to our final game of the year. Uh, not of the year, the final game of the weekend. Number five, Tampa Bay Bucks at 11 and five. Just remember that they're the five seed. At number four, Washington football team, seven and nine, despite having four less wins. The Washington football team is hosting the Buccaneers. Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, Chris Godwin, all traveling to go chase Young and that stud defensive line, Josh Bucks at football team. Who do you got? You know, I just want to say Washington football team so badly. I want to say it, but I just can't. I I really I have to go with the Bucks. That offense is amazing. Even without Mike Evans, who um, I think got injured last week. But um, even if he wasn't playing, their wide receivers are amazing. Tom Brady is rolling out of the pocket, which he wasn't doing for us last year, but he's doing it for them. Uh, and their running backs are electric. Yeah, I was jealous. I was so jealous when I saw that. I, I, I saw Tom Brady roll out. I was like, yeah, I, I walked out of the room. I was like, yeah, so you you roll out of the pocket like Russell Wilson and, and chuck a beautiful pass to Chris Godwin and you, you just crumble like a stack of papers in the, in the pocket for us. But um, Washington just doesn't have enough um, production to stop that offense. Uh, their defense is okay. Um, they, they are definitely going in the right direction, but I... <laughs> And Alex Smith, who is made of glass, I, I just, I don't know about that one. I'm actually afraid for his safety, to be honest. Um, so I, I don't know. Washington is exciting, but I, I just don't think they can get it done. That game against the Steelers, I think the Steelers were just playing down to their opponents, you know, and it got everyone excited. I, I just, I, I want them to win, but I just don't think they have the, the skills to do so. Yeah, the, the Washington football team, you know, I take a lot of – I put a lot of stock in how do teams play down the stretch. Uh, and, and more importantly, if you're in a must-win game, how do you play? Uh, and like the Bears, for example, lost the must-win game and still got in, but that's besides the point. The Washington football team was found themselves in a must-win game Sunday night, last game of the year. Excuse me. They had to beat the Philadelphia Eagles and they won the division. And it took the coach, Doug Peterson, to bench Jalen Hurts in like the start of the fourth quarter 
that ultimately sort of allowed uh, Washington to pull away and win this game because, you know, up until that point, it was like a one score game. They put in this bum uh, uh, as their third string quarterback and he immediately turns the ball over twice. And so if you're in a must win game and you're not winning convincingly, especially when the other team puts in a quarterback that's far inferior to who they could be playing, that gets an indictment on your team. You know, Cleveland limped into the playoffs by beating Mason Rudolph. Again, I still picked them, but I know they're going to lose. <laughs> but the Washington football team, you know, could barely beat the Eagles who, you know, while the team was fighting hard, the head coach makes, you know, one of the most bizarre, infuriating decisions to bench their starting quarterback when, again, you know, this is, it's not like you're benching Tom Brady who you're like, okay, hey, this guy's old. We want to make sure he's available. Jalen Hurts has played two or three games. You ultimately have to decide between Carson Wentz and him. This should be a game he's out there for, and you bench him. And Washington didn't, like, rip him to shreds after that. It was still a game. Yeah, I – So it's, it's unfortunate. Tampa Bay is uh, coming into this game. Yeah, it's just, it's just unfortunate. Yeah. But I, I think that I can't pick against Tom Brady in good faith. I know Washington's offense is extremely – I mean, Washington's defense is built to beat Tom Brady. A stud pass rush who's going to make the quarterback move around. He's going to be all in their grill. They're going to be able to stuff the run. Uh, Washington sneaky reminds me of those New York Giants teams that beat the Patriots You know, all those times in the Super Bowl. But if you look at my notes, I write notes for every game. It just says Brady goat. <laughs> That's the only note that matters. Brady's the goat. He's in the playoffs. And uh, I'm not going to pick against Tom Brady, uh, especially against a team that's only seven and nine. But, you know, I, I do think Washington's front, front seven is built to beat a team like Tampa. Yeah, I, I mean – I, I definitely could see that. It's just like, just think about, like, as you said, Tom Brady is the GOAT. Like, Tom Brady is leaving a crumbling, unfortunately, crumbling team, you know, and he's going to this team that is stacked beyond belief. This offense is amazing. And he's just all hyped up, and he looks like his younger self. Like, you can't really stop that. It's just It's just not probable at least if you're the Washington football team. Yeah. Yeah. Brady. I mean, he had an unbelievable year. He had 4,600 yards, 40 touchdowns. I know his interceptions were a little high, but that pass attack was best for second in the league. And Brady's 43. I knew he had stuff left. He had, you know, 4,500 yards with 40 touchdowns left in him. But I guess you give him all those weapons and he's still going to ball. Um, yeah. I, but I definitely. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't, I don't see Tom losing. I, I don't know. He, you're, you're right. He's been putting up amazing, amazing stats and, 
Um, I, it's just not the – I don't think he's going to win the Super Bowl, honestly, but I, I think he'll definitely manhandle this team. So I want to ask you as a, as a final question here, you've picked the Bills, the Steelers, the Titans, the Saints, the Seahawks, the Bucks. Which pick do you think has the best chance of being wrong? Which pick do you feel the least confident about out of those uh, six? I would say, I'd probably say the Seahawks, honestly. As, as much as I was ripping on the Rams, that defense, I, I could totally see them just like smashing them in the mouth and maybe, you know, making Russell Wilson a bit more nervous or making him make more mistakes. They're, they're the team to do it. Um, and maybe their quarterback has a stroke of luck. That's, but other teams, I feel like just have a bit more of a um, consistent team. The Seahawks have a great team, but they do have weaknesses that are a lot more prevalent than other teams. So I, I could see the Rams like maybe, you know, maybe making, I just, I think it's improbable, but probably out of all the picks that I have, I think they have the best chance of proving me wrong. Yeah. I, I would, uh, I would agree, but I picked the Browns. So, uh, that's going to be who I think is, is least li- or is most likely to be wrong. Uh, I, I am going more on my emotions than my uh, logistics. But I got to say, uh, if you can only watch one game this week, which would you watch? You can only see one game. Which one would it be? Honestly, I'd probably see... Um... Steelers-Browns, because I think that one will be kind of close. I, I I think Ravens-Titans, I think people are going to be sorely disappointed. Titans are going to move away. Um, Saints-Bears, and I'm going to talk about it. Bucks-Washington, uh, it's going to be kind of a slaughter. Rams-Seahawks, maybe, but I don't know. Both those teams are kind of inconsequential. Colts-Bills, I think that's another slaughter. So, I mean... Steelers Browns. I think that's just an exciting game. The, I think there's a lot of electricity around it, which which makes it um, makes it a team or a game that I'd love to watch. Just just on the pure fact of um, the intensity on both sides. So a little tidbit here: four of these games have fans in the stands. That's Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Uh, New Orleans and Chicago, Tennessee and Baltimore, and obviously Indianapolis and Buffalo. What game do you think has the cheapest price for tickets? And what game do you think has the most expensive? Maybe Saints Bears. It would probably be like the least, just because if you're given that game to Nickelodeon, there has to be a discount for a lot of things. Um and then probably Colts Bills maybe would be most expensive just just for the pure fact that like the Bills are like oh we're only allowing this many people and all of Bills Nation is like I want to go you know they're gonna just up that price so, so those are my choices all right so I'll tell you the truth the truth of the matter is 
Chicago, New Orleans is actually the second highest at $1,500 per ticket. The wow. cheapest is Baltimore, Tennessee. And you were right. The most expensive is Indianapolis at Buffalo. I, uh, when I click the link, it brings me to Vivid Seats, which uh, is obviously um, where you go to, to buy the seats, the tickets. Sorry, rather. I'm getting lost in the sauce here because I'm looking at it. What do you think the price of the tickets are? So they only sold 6,600 and something tickets to season ticket holders. And it was, you know, they just randomly picked them. So this must be like aftermarket sales because this isn't what they actually charge the season ticket holders with. Um, it's what a season ticket holders, they're selling their tickets for. Just take a guess. For one seat? I believe it's just one seat, the one I'm looking at right now. Oh, geez. Is it, is it, I, I think it might be, a, is it what, like a thousand? more try 10,000 oh my goodness $10,000 and then someone's selling the AFC divisional game if necessary so I'm pretty sure you get your money back uh they're selling one ticket it's called the rock pile 241 what's that's a seat way over uh kind of on the corner where you and I sat for the AFC championship game for the Patriots. Yeah. Flex Josh and I went to the AFC championship game against the Steelers a couple of years ago. This ticket is $16,000. <laughs> that's like, that's like a new Honda <laughs> for one seat. <laughs> that's crazy. That's Absolutely crazy. So that's going to be our predictions. Uh, we, we were pretty much similar on everything, but Cleveland. And, uh, again, I know, I know why I'm probably going to be wrong here with that pick, but I just think this, this doesn't have a lot of like upset potential. I just don't think these matchups are as juicy as like next week's will be, um, where you might see like Brady versus Rogers and you might get, you know, um, Baltimore or Tennessee against Pittsburgh, like, you know, some of those more attractive games, this wildcard weekend, probably going to be, uh, probably going to be favoring, uh, the, the better teams here, the higher ranked teams. So with that being said, I just got one final question for you. We've seen a couple of jobs become available in the, uh, recent weeks or the recent days, uh, since the NFL season has concluded, which opened coaching job would you take you have the jaguars who have the number one overall pick you've got the chargers who have herbert keenan allen nick bosa some of the or joey bosa rather some of the um you know players that are on their team and then you've got the new york jets fired adam gase they've locked up the number two pick and they were able to win a couple games down the stretch against good teams they beat the rams they beat the browns so clearly the whole team isn't trash uh, not to mention you've got Sam Darnold, so you can always flip him for another first round pick or maybe a second, I guess, which, uh, which team would you take the hard, the head coaching job for? I'd have to go with either the chargers and the Jaguars more leaning towards the chargers just because their QB situation is pretty solid, um, compared to the other ones, the other ones, it's a bit murky, who knows? Um, the chargers have a great quarterback. They have skills. I, if I was an amazing coach and I go there and I do 
terribly, I, I would wholeheartedly believe in like the Chargers curse. There has to be something wrong over there to make them always miss the playoffs or just do like like lead the league in, in certain stats but still be terrible. And they lost to lost to us like by a lot. And that doesn't even make any sense to me at all. Like on paper, the Chargers should be beating teams like a lot of teams, but they just never do. I, I, maybe the coaching's the problem, and I would make them an amazing dynasty. But <laughs> I, I just, I think they're the easiest to to choose. The the Jaguars maybe because they're probably going to get Trevor Lawrence, and he seems to be a player that's almost guaranteed to be at least okay. So. I think the charges is the best bet and I probably wouldn't get fired first year. So. Yeah. The chargers, uh, I'm surprised they walked away from their head coach because, you know, after we absolutely thrashed them 45 to nothing, they went on a four game winning streak to end the season. They beat the Falcons, the Raiders, the Broncos. And then they obviously played the chiefs uh, who was rolling out the practice squad because they had already locked up the one seed, but still, I mean, you know, those were games that you were losing. They won, they beat the Falcons by three, they beat the Raiders by three, and they beat the Broncos by three. Those are three close games. And if you go up to, you know, some of the games earlier in the season, they lost to the Chiefs by three. They lost to the Saints by three. They lost to the Broncos by one. So earlier in the season, they couldn't win those close games. Seems like they kind of, corrected their mistakes towards the end of the season so whoever gets hired to this los angeles chargers job is probably going to be you know the best set up head coach to like take a job in the last i don't know 10 years like i can't think of a more complete team that's uh has a head coach vacancy you know i i know this was earlier in the season but the texans had a head coaching job open up the falcons fired their head coach so didn't the Lions. And some of those teams have some pieces, but those pieces are either old or on expiring contracts. And you're getting, you know, Bosa, who's very young. Herbert was a rookie, and he threw for 4,300 yards. So you're getting the most complete package. Uh, and then you're also going to get a decent draft pick. And again, your team proved that they can win close games down the stretch. So I'm shocked they fired their head coach. But uh, to be honest with you, um, that's the job I would take. And I don't think it's even close because you don't know if Trevor Lawrence is going to pan out. You don't know if Justin Fields is going to pan out. You already know Herbert is going to throw 4,300 yards. Like he's going to do that every year. Probably not, but you know, he doesn't like suck. You know, he'll probably be decent. I even have questions about, um, the uh, uh, Joe Burrows, you know, he was not looking great on Cincinnati and then he tears his ACL. Herbert played the whole season, was healthy, put up all the yards you could ever ask a, a quarterback to do in their rookie year 31 touchdowns. You know, Keenan Allen was almost a thousand yard receiver, like very, very good team. Lost a couple games early by less than three points. That gets you, you know, where you were seven and nine. A couple of those games go differently. They might be playing this weekend. So anyways, that was it for the podcast. Uh, you got any last, any last remarks here on anything you wanted to touch on about any of these games or 
something? Um, well, obviously, thank, thank you for having me. But also, I think these teams, we could be totally wrong for some of them. But I, I, think, I think our logic is, is definitely there. Um, it, it seems like almost a boring, a boring week. And football is football. But I, I'm, I'm looking forward to next weekend, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, obviously, you know, for the divisional round, we'll, we'll bring you back on uh, so you guys can hear what Josh has to say. We'll recap uh, all of our picks, see what we got wrong, see what we got right. Divisional round, we can predict that too. Uh, man, I really hope the cards fall the right way and we get Brady Rogers next weekend. That oh, would be, yeah. I mean, basically Chicago and the, and the Rams have to lose and the Buccaneers have to win. We predicted that. So it basically means we're predicting Brady Rogers in the playoffs, Lambeau Field. That's got me excited, but his name's Josh Spicer. You can check him out on uh, Instagram, spicy underscore rights on Instagram. Give him another shout out there. And uh, everyone sit back and, and enjoy watching the absolute bloodbath that is the Bears and the Saints on Nickelodeon. Right yeah. Turbo. yeah. Don't get slimed. Right. Don't get slimed. Enjoy, everybody. Have a good weekend. Climakers. Okay. Out of my wrist, kind of been spinning. Man at the coop, my one no tennis. Chop out the top, hit it in limits. I got some cash, I want to spin it. New paper tag, don't want to rent it. Too many fads, too many bitches. Roll my slime, get in my lizard. Ready to slide, you will get slither. Hey. Ain't got touch, ain't gon' ride. Ain't my slime, ain't my slime. Young girl gone, I'm my prime. Hey, so I think I ain't telling you lies. When you come to business, I'm handling mine. Yeah, I'm king face, paid my time. Hey, can you try Gucci my pants? She used to be no hands. I just spent some rest of my fame. Special on land. Fair guy fans. I know the pain of red. Drink to the head. Got two star phones. Yeah, I'm sipping these men. Two-tone present Rolex. Yeah, this drippy can't catch. Some say do what I say. Cuban choke my neck. Why is that Uber DJ? Pull him his VVS. Out of my wrist, kind of been spinning. Mad at the coop, mine with no tennis. Chop out the top, hit it in limits. I got some cash, I want to spin it. New paper tag, didn't want to rent it. Too many fads, too many bitches. Roll my slime, get in my lizard. Ready to slide, you'll get slipping. Hey. Got touch, he gon' ride. He my slime, he my slime. Young girl gone, I'm my prime. Hey, so I think I ain't telling you lies. When you come to business, I'm handling mine. Yeah, I'm king face, part of my time. Paddies on paddies on paddies on paddies. Oh, okay. Running through